Welcome, guys. Uh, grateful to have everyone joining us here this morning. Um, we're going to be going through and closing out our series that's been titled Shift. And uh, if you haven't been able to be with us the last couple weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and watch, you know, parts one and two. Um, you know, I, I hope that the last couple weeks have been as helpful for you guys as it has been for me. Uh, honestly, it's just been good for my soul to just go back, to sit, to listen, and to learn at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, th there's so much going on in our world right now and in our churches that I think that that's what we need. We need to spend as much time as possible at the feet of Jesus. And, and so today as we close our series out, I hope to uh, provide us with a lot of practical um, input that we can gain from the Sermon on the Mount that I think will really help us. And so go ahead and turn over to Matthew chapter 6. That's where we're going to start uh, today. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and starting in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which are here today and tomorrow thrown into a fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I don't know if you guys knew this. But this is our 19th Sunday meeting online for service. And a lot has happened in those 19 weeks. And I've got to be honest, there's been days, there's been stretches of days where I'm just feeling worn out, tired, depressed, sad, lacking motivation, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place, if I'm just being honest. Like, there are some days where I feel great, I feel hopeful, I feel excited. But then it feels like maybe the next day or the next week, I, f I can feel, you know, easily irritated or I can feel just exhausted. And I'm not sure if any of you guys can relate, but I'd imagine that at least some of you can, especially based on some of the conversations that, I, that I've had. But guys, we are right, we're right in it right now. We are in the thick of a storm. And it's when we're in the middle of the storm that I think scriptures like this 
are kind of annoying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right? Um, thanks, Jesus. Don't worry about tomorrow. Okay, great. How about give me something that's a little more tangible? That sounds awesome in theory. I know that's what I should aim for. Uh, but right now, there's a lot to worry about. Right? It's like, oh my goodness. If somebody reads me, do not worry or don't be anxious about anything one more time, I'm going to smack somebody, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. These scriptures that, that Jesus calls us to, that he spends time, he spends a good section of his sermon talking about not worrying, can sometimes just be, frankly, annoying, especially right when you're in the middle of a storm. But at the same time, we need this. And I think we all desire it, right? We're annoyed at it because it seems so far off and so almost impractical and unattainable, but we desire it so much. We so badly want to have this peace and this faith that Jesus is describing here, especially in the middle of the storms. And so we've got, you know, you know I, I feel like we're crying out to God, God, how? How can I have this peace that Jesus is describing as, a, as almost a, a characteristic of a kingdom citizen? How? How can I not worry when there seems to be so much to worry about? And so my hope for today is, as we continue to look a little bit in the Sermon on the Mount, is to provide some essential and necessary practicals for us to stand firm through the storm. And the title of my lesson this morning is Stand in the Storm. Let, let's go to God in prayer before we get into it. God, we come before you, Father, on our knees, just begging, God, for, for you to provide us with a sense of peace that I feel like we so desperately need right now. God, as a church and, and as a world, God, I pray that this morning you would open our hearts to your word and that you would shift our hearts from focusing on the earthly to focusing on the eternal. God, and that we can have a peace that you describe here within your kingdom citizens. God, a peace and a trust and a faith in you to where we, we won't worry about what's going to happen to us. We won't worry about tomorrow. God, we love you. We need you. Focus our eyes and our hearts on you this morning. It's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You know, the first thing I want us to, to focus on, the first practical, to really help us get to this point of, of peace in the storm, of being able to stand firm in the storm, is that we've got to know God. We've got to know who God is and what his character is. You know, and it's interesting when Jesus was talking about worrying, where does he direct us? He's talking about not worrying, and he immediately directs us to the character of God. Let, let's read again in verse 26 of Matthew 6. It says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Guys, when we're in the middle of the storm, 
it's easy to forget who God is. And when we forget who God is, that can really mess with our faith. And so Jesus reminds us, he's saying, don't worry. But what he does is he points us back to who God is. You know, we did a, we had a, a five-week training program for our Heartland campus leaders, campus leaders around the region. And, and Bill Molden came in. And uh, if you've ever heard Bill Molden teach, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege. Uh, but one of the things he shared to our campus leaders has stuck with me so much. And what, what he was talking about was, he, he asked us, you know, to think about of all, of all of the names that God could have chosen for himself, of all of the titles God could have focused on for us to know him as the most, right? God the creator, God the judge, God the powerful, God the wrathful, God the destroyer of nations, of all the things he could have focused on. What, what name, what title do we see the most here? Father, of all the things that God is, he chooses to be known as Father. And guys, I think when we're in the middle of the storm, we've got to remember who God is and who, who you, know, you know, know his character. He, he's dad. He's a good dad. You know, just, just go outside for 30 minutes and just sit there. Look how green the grass is. Look how green the trees are. Listen to the birds constantly chirping. In the midst of everything going on in our world, the grass is growing, the birds are chirping. If God takes care of grass and birds that much, don't you think that he's going to take care of us too? Right? If he's the father that we see in scripture, that should build our faith in him. You know, and Jesus talks a little bit more about this in Matthew 7. Look in verse 9. Matthew 7, verse 9. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Once again, he's directing us to the character of God. He's saying, hey, even you earthly fathers, you guys are evil, and even you guys know how to give good gifts to your kids. Even you guys, when your kid asks for food, you're not going to give them something that's going to harm them instead. Guys, we've got to study and we've got to be mindful and we've got to remind ourselves and one another of who God is, especially in the middle of the storms. He's our father. That should build our faith, our trust in him and provide us with a sense of peace. Now, in this same passage, we find another essential practice, I think, for standing firm in the storms, and that's We've got to know God, but we've also got to ask God. Matthew 7, look in verse 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. 
Guys, when we're in the middle of the storm, it's easy to wonder where God is or what he's doing. But I think what Jesus points out here is usually in the middle of the storm, the problem is not the presence of of God. The problem is the lack of prayers from his children. You know, how is your prayer life right now? You know, if you're like me, I don't know about you guys, but if you're like me, I feel like I am constantly in conversation. Constantly. I'm constantly on the phone, right? I'm talking with my wife. I'm talking with, you know, my small group or my leaders, or I'm talking with my ministers, or I'm talking on social media, or I'm talking to this friend or that friend or that hurting person or this hurting person or this friend or this. Or, and it's just, it's constant conversation. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying all those conversations aren't good or aren't beneficial. But guys, if we want peace, if we want justice, if we want health, if we want a pandemic to end, if we want answers, do we really think the most productive conversations to have are with one another as opposed to with God? You know, I'd be be very interested to add up all the hours that we've spent talking with one another as opposed to talking with God. We do realize that all of these people we are talking to really don't have power to control anything. And so our first instinct is to call up this brother or call up my minister or call up my small group leader or call this person or call that person or talk to this person or talk to that person. Why don't we just take a step back and talk to God a little bit more? Guys, when we're in the middle of the storm, I'm not saying we need one another. That's clear in scripture. But wouldn't it make more sense for us to reach out and have more conversations with the God that created the universe, with our heavenly father that is looking and waiting to take care of us? Wouldn't it make more sense to spend more time talking with him than talking to anybody else? And so I'm not saying don't have conversations with other people. I'm saying we've got to shift our instincts to go and talk to other people, to instantly go and get on our knees and be in conversation with God. Because the problem is not the presence of the father. It's usually the prayers of his children. You know, and it's interesting when you study out the translation of these words, ask, seek, knock, they're written as continual action. So it's more accurate that it's continually ask, continually seek, continually knock. You know, one of my daughters, okay, my middle daughter, um, man, if you're the only parent around, and uh, you will get bombarded constantly with dad, 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 dad. And, and if you don't answer, she'll just switch. Hey, Kaylee, 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 Kaylee. And there will be times, I mean, probably for a good five, 10 minutes straight. And, and my wife from the kitchen is like, oh my goodness, will somebody please answer her? And I think that, that that's a good insight into our prayer life. 
And that's actually what God is, is describing here with our prayer life. Hey, dad, 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 dad. I'm going to keep asking until you answer. Dad, 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 dad. Right? And it's just like, oh my gosh, what? Guys, we've got to have that same attitude in our prayer life and in our conversations with God. Guys, if we want to stand firm through the storms, we've got to be in more conversation with our God than we are with one another. Our heavenly Father knows what we need. We've just got to ask. Turn back over to Matthew chapter 6. It'll be in verse 19. The next thing that I think is essential for us to be able to stand firm in the storms is that we've got to invest in the right kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves will break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Guys, I think this morning, I want us to, to take a step back and we've got to ask ourselves, which kingdom am I invested in? Which kingdom has my heart? Which kingdom has my peace? Which kingdom has my time? Which kingdom has my energy, my effort, my thoughts, my money? Which kingdom am I invested in? Am I invested in the kingdom of God or am I invested in one of the kingdoms of this world? Jesus was calling them and he's calling us to shift from investing in the earthly kingdoms of this world to investing in his kingdom. And storms, storms have a way of revealing where our hearts are really invested. Because if our hearts are invested in an internal kingdom, then I think our level of worry and anxiety will be fairly low. But guys, the reality is, if we are invested in a kingdom of this earth, we have a lot to worry about. If your security is tied to an economy of an earthly kingdom, you have a lot to worry about. Maybe unless you're the founder of Zoom. If your peace is tied to a political party, you have a lot to worry about. If your joy is tied to the justice that you can expect from an earthly kingdom, you have a lot to worry about. Jesus was calling them to shift their investment from the earthly kingdoms that are all going to fade away to an eternal kingdom that will never fade. Guys, this is not our home. Don't plant your roots here. Don't give your heart here. Don't invest here. Invest your heart in the kingdom of God. Invest your heart into King Jesus and his way. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't try to change our world, but change is going to happen as the kingdom of God spreads and as we do things the kingdom way. Guys, we've got to shift from investing in earthly kingdoms to investing in the kingdom of God. Because if our hearts are invested here, if our roots are planted deeply here, then we do have a lot to worry about. But I think the peace, that lack of worry that's going to enable us to stand through the storms is going to come if we're investing first, if we're seeking after his kingdom and his righteousness and his way. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. You know, the last essential practice for us to implement in order to stand firm through the storms, we find here at the end of Jesus's sermon. And that's what we've got to stand on the rock. The last thing he says here, Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because he had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen that person come to church with that just raggedy, worn-out Bible? Right? You know what I'm talking about. Maybe they come to church with a nicer one, but at home, the one that they really use. I mean, that thing is hanging on. I knew a guy that had to, he brought it in a Ziploc gallon bag to church because it was just, it was, I mean, it was falling apart, right? And, and uh, he didn't want to lose any pieces of it. So, you know, the, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The corners are all bent and frayed out. The, uh, the, the, the cover of it is not even attached to the rest of the Bible, or maybe there's a section in the middle that's detached or the whole, you know, New Testament is detached or, or whatever. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I heard a quote recently that has stuck with me. I was talking to someone, he said, a person whose Bible is in bad shape means that its owner isn't. A person whose Bible is in bad shape means that its owner isn't. Guys, the only way we stand through this storm is on God's word, period. It's on the teachings of Jesus, period. When I sat down, and and knew that I was preaching three consecutive sermons. I spent a little bit of time praying and thinking, okay, what's the church need? What's what's God putting on my heart to address with the church? And I knew that the goal of all these sermons, what I really wanted us to do is, we've got to get the Bible back in the center and back in the front of each of our members. Guys, there is so much material out there. There are so many voices. And I'm not, once again, I'm not saying all those are bad. 
but I'm afraid that God's material isn't the material we're reading the most and that God's voice isn't the loudest one that we're listening to. Guys, the final place that Jesus goes to in this sermon of his, where he brings it all back to is one of the most basic things that we talk about in our faith. He says the ones that are going to stand through the storms are going to be the ones that hear my words and live them out, period. Guys, if we try to navigate these storms with worldly wisdom, it's going to crash and be a disaster. It's shifting sand. It, it, it changes, it shifts all the time. The only way we stand firm through this storm is on God's word, on Jesus's teachings. Guys, we have got to get back into our Bibles. We have got to wear these things out. I'm not saying don't read other books or don't read other material. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying everything that we're, this should be the material we are reading the most. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone, especially through all this time, and they quote a scripture that is just so applicable and it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air. Guys, we've got to get back to the Bible. And so I've got just a little practical for us on this one. In every conversation you have, include scripture, plain and simple. Quote Jesus. Guys, we are in the middle of a storm right now. We're in the thick of it. And when you're in the thick of the storm, when you're in the middle of a storm, it can be so easy to lose your way, to get lost, to, to, to forget which way we're heading. And Jesus already said the road is narrow. It's a narrow road that's hard to find and only a few people travel on it. The broad road, everybody's on that. That one leads to destruction, but, but this way is so narrow. It's so easy to lose our way. But guys, we're gonna get through this. But it's only gonna happen if we remember who God is. If we spend more time in conversation with him than with anybody else. And if we invest our hearts in the right kingdom. And if we are rooted and our foundation is built on the teachings of Jesus. If we do that, we will stand through this storm. And we will come out stronger, closer to God, and closer to one another. Guys, we've got to make a shift and we've got to go back to God. We've got to go back to who God is. We've got to go back to praying to God. We've got to go back to investing in God's kingdom. And we've got to go back to building our foundation and navigating this using God's word and Jesus' teachings. I love you guys. It's been, I think it's, I hope it's been helpful just digging into the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teachings. Like I said, we've not covered everything on the kingdom or on the Sermon on the Mount, but I hope what we have covered has been helpful. And I love you guys. We're going to get through this. The church was built for this because it's built on Jesus' teachings. Amen. Love you. Have a great rest of the day.